So hello and welcome to another episode of Black Women Parlay. Today's episode, I'm going to say, take out a notepad and a pen. Because this topic that we're going to be discussing today is really, for me, it's also a personal one. So I feel personally passionate about this. And I'm also happy to be sitting down with my guest today, Eleanor Meyerhofer, um, to be discussing the importance of personal brand but when I say personal brand we're talking about it in the sense of presence Ella and I met each other I think it's now two years ago if I'm not mistaken because uh, we're both based in Germany we're both expats um, and I was doing a podcast and at the time my podcast then and you can go check it out it's on Apple and Spotify and wherever else it was called Black Female in Dating and it wasn't quite the right topic for us even though even though we're both married I still had I still have a thing about this topic so I will be coming back to it at some point but now we've managed to find the right topic and I'm so happy to have you here today Eleanor so would you be able to introduce yourself and tell our audience what it is you do and then we can take it from there Sure. My name is Eleanor Meyerhofer. I uh, I basically build websites for one to three person businesses. I love it. She's she doesn't even message. She's like I basically in one websites. day. Oh, I have to add that in one yeah, day. In, like my claim to fame. I, I was like, is that the is that the whole sentence? What happened to right. the build your website in a day? I thought that was yes. the I yes. thought that was yes. the hook. <laughs> now, um, the reason why I kind of we're talking today is also this part around, especially when I was in corporate, my corporate identity defined every single thing that I did. And the more black women I'm talking to, the more this topic is, you know, do you have a personal website? No, why not? (laughs) And it's because a lot of them don't feel the need to have any other presence or digital footprint. And I understand that because I always aligned myself with my corporate brand too. And it wasn't only until, it was only until I think it was maybe, what's her name? Two people. One was called Daniel Priestley and he writes a series of books and another one's called Rachel Rogers. And they were just talking about, you know, where, if someone Googles you, what is it that they will find about you above and beyond your LinkedIn page? I Googled myself and there was nothing. And that was like, oh, okay, I am one dimensional. And as I started to move out of corporate, I realized the impact and the importance of needing a presence, even when you're within an organization. And I know you see that because you help loads of women as well, but what's what's your take and how, how does that relate to you, to, you know, your story too? Well, I do relate with that. I was an art director at Sapient for a long time, and now this is part of Publicis now. And the biggest, the hardest thing I was there 10 years about leaving wasn't like not having the paycheck and everything. It was also like feeling a sense of not being legitimate without being part of this, you know, big corporation. That was the biggest kind of mindset hurdle that I had mm. to take from leaving. Um, moving forward, when I started this business, I understood that as a person offering services, that I was going to be the brand and that it was more about 
communicating what I brought to the table in terms of yes, my experience and everything, but just creating a vibe. I'm, you know, I'm a designer. Um, and also owning my own platform. And I run mm-hmm. into this with clients a lot. Uh, many of them are doing just fine through LinkedIn. They they either have a side hustle or they have started their own businesses and they get it's all referral based. It's all from LinkedIn. And I can't argue with that, but at some point you're going to need your own, what what I like to call a digital hub and Mm. a home for your brand. And even if it's like one page and I'm not even, I I would actually say before the website, you might even want to consider a newsletter. And I think what's hard for people is like, they don't know what they would have to say and that's okay. You have to start saying something to know what you want to say. But I think this is a scary step for a lot of people, just kind of establishing some kind of thought leadership, but you need something that's portable, something that's just you and you can pivot that, you can play with that. But um, somebody who writes really well about this is a woman named Dory Clark, which is a book called The Long Game. And another place to really look for an example of an industry where people are doing this is journalists. So if you look at all these people at the New York Times or the Washington Post, they all have sub stacks. Mm-hmm. They're all building their brands apart. They're using whatever major publication they're at. So you can like make the analogy that that's like your corporation to show their bona fides. And then, but then building their own audience away from that because they know, you know, maybe I'm not going to be here forever. You know, how I want to have my own voice apart from this. And so, you know, obviously it's great if you have a website where you can do that and not just a website. If you're, if we're talking personal brand, the first thing I did, the first thing I did when I got this business or started this business was I hired a really awesome photographer to do a brand shoot. And I shouldn't say this, but more than my website design, more than anything, it was that brand shoot that communicated the legitimacy of my business. Now I have that background. I knew what I wanted. I knew the, the, the style I wanted. I knew kind of the, the words and everything. So it was easy for me to put that together, but I knew if I don't have really good photography, this isn't going to fly also because I'm doing a visual business. So I'll stop there. You, you said, you said a lot. So actually I think if we were to chart this in terms of, so I agree with you completely. And I think right now within the confines of, I think there's two parts to this. One, I 100% agree on this newsletter concept. And I think for a lot of people, they're going to be thinking, what can I say? Or where, where, if from a compliance perspective, so I can speak from having worked in financial services, working in financial services, it was only at the point where I knew I was going to leave that I started even interacting on LinkedIn because Mm -hmm. it was so strict about um, what it is I can and cannot say on LinkedIn because I was a representative Mm -hmm. of the organization that it almost became impossible because I felt chained. So even part about doing a newsletter, that would have been a compliance process. And even what I wanted to say in the newsletter, even if it was nothing to do with financial services would still have to be vetted. And I think some of the industries, not just, you know, whether it's, you know, NGOs, FS, professional services, because of their branding, it can sometimes be difficult to get to this, even this news 
letter piece, but I like the idea of Substack because somebody, a PR recommended Substack to me as well as a way to generate income. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes the the website piece can be the least, eff- when I say offensive, your website can be found, but you're not always necessarily pushing it. Whereas I think mm-hmm. with a newsletter, actively pushing it can sometimes, you know, just even the sending it out is for a lot mm-hmm. of organizations a rub. And I think mm-hmm. that's where yeah. the diffi- I think that's sometimes where the difficulty is, is if you have a website, it's like, huh, it's there. I'm not actively pushing it. There's nothing to declare because it's just me on the one hand. And then the newsletter is something that you're actively sending out. You're actively communicating opinions. They may just be yours, but in affiliation with a larger brand, it can sometimes be dangerous. But I think what you've demonstrated, which I'd not thought about before, is there are ways in which we can still be creative about, or even if it's, um, what's the other one? I know it's something similar, medium. Um, you know, there's ways for us to be creative about trying to create a digital footprint that still represents us above and beyond the professional persona that we have online. Yeah. I actually, for, for somebody coming out of corporate, I don't know that I would recommend Substack. I was using that example because it is public. You can see people's posts. Ah. What ah. I mean, there's all kinds of newsletter tools. There's ConvertKit, there's MailerLite, there's if Squarespace campaigns, there's, a, there's MailChimp, there's a million of those. Ah. What I, and those, because Substack will, you kind of makes you a landing page where people, you can have like some posts that are for non-subscribers that mm-hmm. you show people first. If you use a regular newsletter program um, application, the other thing that's good about that is a private. It is not social media. People are not publicly commenting on it. It's a one, it's one to many, but each, each email is one to one. Gotcha. With your people. So you can say or express things. Other. I mean, it, anybody can conceivably subscribe and you can also like unsubscribe people, but it's just a more intimate forum. And it's not, mm. you can, there are things I, not that I'm saying anything controversial, my mailing list, but there's <laughs> things I put out there that I do not put on LinkedIn or Instagram yeah. because it's, 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 a, it's a more private relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, you're a little more liberated to be yourself. Yeah. And I think, and I, I like that because I was thinking of it in the newsletter perspective of, you know, when you're doing your business newsletters, not as in, you know, your small intimate. And that means it could even be started from the perspective of private invitation. You know, I send a newsletter, I say, Eleanor, can, you know, feel free to let someone know it's a trusted circle and you can build it organically like that. But just so that there's something above and beyond. Because I think we don't sometimes think about the danger. And I know there's LinkedIn and LinkedIn's meant to represent where you're going in your future. And we can talk about LinkedIn profiles like another day completely, but it still doesn't add the dimension to who you are. And for me, that was the one reason why I even created leannemeyer.com, however Mm -hmm. many years ago that is now, was to be able to create that dimension about who I am, the woman, not what it is that, yes, you talk about and you reference what you do, but it's not that space. It's the space where I can as you said, it's not like a closed newsletter where you share your potentially more controversial thoughts, but it's that space where if anybody goes looking for me, they can have an idea as to what it is I do. 
mm-hmm. or what it is that I think and how I interact. And I have this feeling that this is going to be more and more important, like who you are as a person. Because when they're looking to, you know, when they're looking at candidates, they're not just looking at your LinkedIn anymore. They're still trying to, yeah. they're still trying to, even if you have a closed Facebook, okay, so maybe they can't get to that. But people are still trying to find ways to get to know who you are without you knowing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you can only do that so much with social media. I was looking, there's, I'm looking at all these influencers right now, like mm-hmm. um, people, expats coming to Germany. And some of these, and I'll call them kids, will have like <laughs> 400,000 subscribers on their YouTube channel and everything. But I don't, I want to know like, okay, this kid from Michigan, how, where, how did he get here? What did he, kind like, you can't, it's very hard to get a sense of who this person is because they're doing everything through social media. Let me give you an example. Like if, if somebody just said, okay, this is an executive leaving a corporate position. What would you do? I would say, get a get a one page site up, set up a newsletter service, pick one of the apps. Uh, you can actually, there's tools where you can suck in, if you're posting on LinkedIn, you can you can suck in your LinkedIn feed and put it on a website. I did that for a client. So, you, so you're not like duplicate. So you can see what you're doing there. And you could write your own kind of detailed bio um, of one or two paragraphs, exactly how you want to say it. Um, And then you can have people join your newsletter. And if you don't know what to say yourself, you can demonstrate your thought leadership by curating content about your industry and saying like, these are the three things I've noticed. Here's why one paragraph And you do that every month and people will know this person knows this industry. I'm going to get on her list because she's finding good stuff and giving her spin. And that's interesting. So it's like, it doesn't have to be you sitting down and writing this long email or whatever. It's just demonstrating, you know, what's going on. Right. And you have a place for people to go. That's off somebody else's platform. And it's her own platform to do that. Yeah. And I think there's a key point you made in there. It's like origination isn't necessarily always being the creator of the content it's being able to curate the content just because there's so much out there there's so much out there that people are overwhelmed paralyzed fatigued whatever else you want to call it because there's too much and they don't know where to go so if you can position yourself as being as you said a thought leader and a hub and a an expert in this space without having to write loads but just curating it that in itself is a very very crucial skill yeah yeah and you said something about photography and I think I think this is another um part of it all and this comes down to like investing in ourselves Mm -hmm. good photography is not cheap let's just let's just let's just get that out there now good photography is not cheap but communicating value is the difference whether you're a service provider or you're going back into corporate or this is just your communicating value by the finish of what you have also makes a difference in the terms of interactions you then have if it feels homemade mm-hmm. people will believe it's homemade mm-hmm. yeah and, th- and that's part of your brand right uh, homemade <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not invested in this so why should you 
you know, I'm not saying, by the way, this is not to say that there aren't very loads of talented photographers, influencers, content creators who manage to do all of this, but they're spending 16 hours a day editing photos. And like, this is their actual business. If this is something that you're just dipping into, get a professional, <laughs> get like, like, you, you don't need an entire shoot. I did a site, a woman in Vancouver, and she consults um, not-for-profits. She came to me with two really beautiful, well-done, a headshot and a full body shot. And then she's, we used a service called Stocksy, which is, which I love. It is, it's, it's the mid range between free stock imagery and hiring a brand photographer. It's, and, and you pay like maybe a hundred bucks an image, but they're all done by photographers and they'll have several images from a, from a, they'll do individual shoots. So everything can look consistent on your mm -hmm. brand. So there are things you can do. I'm not saying you got to come out of the gate with a 10,000 dollar 10,000 euro website. There are ways to do it where you know you can start at one level and build it up, but even if it's one page, it just has to look tight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I did my photo shoot, I need to go and actually I'm I'm due for an, a new one. Um, but when I did my photo shoot, we did like loads of pictures, but in the end, I only selected five because I didn't actually need more than five. And those five different pictures, I mean, probably everyone's bored of seeing me. It doesn't look like me now and I've changed my LinkedIn picture, but you know, everyone's bored of seeing me in that blue blouse and a, but, uh, <laughs> but they know it's you. Yeah. But, but, but the point is the blue blouse becomes like, yeah, okay. This is Leanne. Ah. Yeah. But they were high quality pictures and I have those five pictures. And when you're in other situations, and this can be privately or professionally. And someone says, you know, do you have a headshot? Get your, even if you're at corporate, get a professional headshot done so that you have a headshot picture. Get your more casual pictures done. And as you said, it doesn't have to be a whole folio, but it's just that part around thinking about the whole ecosystem. I'm not saying that there's some people who won't be forever corporate. That's still fine. But still remembering that you're more than just a member of an organization. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a little also a side tip. While you're still at corporate and you think you might leave one day, if there are ever situations, meetings where somebody there are like there's a photographer there taking pictures or you're giving a talk and there's a professional photographer around, get those pictures. Get Always, those pictures yes, yes. And find out the rights because those, those are really hard. Those pictures that show you kind of in situ in action, uh, you can't, they're, they're hard to fake. I mean, you can do it. People do it all the time, but if you have like a real one, um, even a snippet of videos, you can put video in the background, even if you have one page of you talking on a stage, something like that, uh, or even just facilitating a meeting, get those pictures. You've just literally reminded me, literally this second reminded me, I was on a panel last year and um, being the photographer, she, I spoke to her, I was like, can you get some good shots of me? And she she took pictures of me. She's like, you knew where the camera was. I was like, yes, I did. I forgot to ask her for the shots. You've just reminded me now. Yeah. I need to go get some of those shots from that event. Thank you. But sure. you're absolutely right to make sure you get those critical shots. And also, like you said, we know that it's always going to be the company's IP for the most part. But if you can get your hands on them, do it. Yeah. And I think as long as you credit the photographer, it should be fine. Yeah. 
but get make sure there's as many pictures of you as you because those shots are the and it's funny you said that because my updated LinkedIn profile picture is not a static shot it's me moderating a panel right right action show showing that you are more than just a one yeah. you know one dimensional flat flat person and I think this for me is the exciting part of being able to forge your own identity mm-hmm. online like loads of people have like loads of professional people have like closed what am I going to call it um closed Instagram profiles and all that kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. all good that's fine keep that mm-hmm. bit private but there is still an opportunity for you to create a curated version of yourself. Like no one's saying you have to be all of you and nobody is all of themselves online in any case, but to be able to bring color and depth, it's like, why not? What is the risk here? I think it's an opportunity. Even if you, even if you don't plan to leave, it's just, it's kind of like an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? So this insurance policy analogy, I use it all the time. I wonder if it's because we live in the land of insurance that everything feels like an insurance policy. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's also just what, I mean, look at all the craziness that's been in the world. And now this tech, all these layout, like, what did I say this morning? Microsoft is laying off like 10,000 people. Like what? even something. Yeah. Maybe not 10,000, but they're laying, like, I was like, Microsoft is laying off people. So you, and, and I don't, it shouldn't be like, you never know what can happen. So you better, but maybe looking at it another way, you might not know what you mm-hmm. want to change in the future. And it'll just be easier to have something and not start from scratch and not feel like I also have clients a lot also that work in financial services a lot in Switzerland they have old websites they haven't updated and when they get new and they've gotten all their work from their referrals so they didn't really feel like it was needed but then they want new people to come along and then they say oh yeah and they start making excuses for their janky old website you know that they haven't updated they haven't done anything to and so they don't really have something to point a new person to and LinkedIn will not show all of your podcast appearances or it won't show all of your press mentions. I mean, you can kind of do that in featured sections and stuff, but it won't be like all in one place arranged the way you want it and telling the story exactly the way you would like to. So, you know, you don't know where you're going to, I mean, maybe you say I'm going to work here for 40 years, but people don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. they don't and just like I just had a quick look as you were saying like Microsoft laying off 10,000 people and they said the reason is due to you know growing economic uncertainty now when an organization like Microsoft has is worried about economic uncertainty yeah that says it all to me that says you know now is the time you know it's, it's almost too late once we're in the midst of things because it's like he who is prepared wins because if you're competing with everybody else with new shiny websites yeah. versus people who have websites, track record, press mentions, all of that kind of stuff, it's a different race once again. For me, this is a, you don't, I know you said you don't want it to be, you don't know what's going to happen, but it's also about insurance and diversifying your portfolio so that yes. all your risk is not... Yes. It's not concentrated in your employer. 
Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. we like, I've been guilty of this submerging or suppressing what it is that I want to do with a focus on being there within an organization. But actually, once I started to have my website and put things there, it helped. But it also meant that when people went looking for me, although I didn't have my professional website at that time, there was something there. They could mm-hmm. see something that wasn't on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't due to economic uncertainty. I think sometimes the question is, is your job fulfilling all of your needs that you have and maybe I'm not saying you have to jump ship but maybe those needs that aren't being fulfilled might be the start of another role or something else or it's an indication that there might be a new path for you to to follow it might be time then for this personal website yeah because yeah. The, the especially if you're changing what you do the way people engage with you when you belong to a brand is very different to the way people engage with you when you're by yourself. So at that mm-hmm. moment, your need to communicate quality, value, and credibility. And like, as you said, pictures, for example, your, phot- your photography, for example, um, that almost sometimes outweighs the, the content of what is on your website. Because you yeah, just look, you, yeah. you look at where I don't know how many people really re- read websites, but I know that I go, oh, this website looks really good. Oh, or or one of my favorite things, and one of my favorite, it's not my favorite thing, but one of the things I always notice is when like someone's got a, um, when I'm like, oh, the website looks good, but they're still using the Squarespace favicon, like you, you yeah. know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> spinach in your teeth, your zippers down. That's what that is. Right. Yeah. You like yeah. of this looks good but this tiny detail you know it's 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 mad what the things that show up to people and it's 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 sad to say it but it's not always the good things that show up sometimes it's the the little annoying things. <laughs> no it's all right company's fine. <laughs> right. Sorry. Listen, it's 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 real life. Like dogs, children. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we've managed, the fact that we've both managed to do this, sons, children, yeah. is actually uh, a record. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, uh, it's but a- anyways, you were saying the Squarespace Fabicon. Yeah, like that's just a bugbear of mine. I'm just like, come on, if you're gonna put all this in, like all this effort into designing your website just just make sure the fabricons just not the squarespace one where everybody knows (laughs) yeah i have a tutorial on that but i'm also an advocate of just starting messy you know if you i think it's more important and whether again whether it's a website or anything i think people just need to have a channel a platform something that is theirs that they can start building apart from i had a client and she did a digital strategy session with me uh, she's working, at, I don't even know, she's Italian and she works at some corporate company. I don't even know what it is. I think she does something in data. She has this whole side thing. Um, she's very interested in yoga. Uh, she would take groups of people to India, really into it. And she kind of wanted to make the, and, and she she kind of didn't know where to start. And I, she was on MailChimp and I said, look, they have landing pages. Just get that landing page up 
get your, get your mailing list together, have your groups, get, get a card with a QR thing and just send people to that one page and get their mailing list. And you can build this. Maybe this will be a passion project for the rest of your life. But if three years down the line, you say, no, this is going to be my thing. you got 600 people on that list. And at mm -hmm. least 10 of those people will go on your trip to Bangalore or whatever. I mean, I don't know where she was having these things, but it's just this mindset of having, like you're saying something apart and it, it doesn't, it, if you're starting out and it's on the DL and down low, um, don't, on the one hand, it's kind of seeing two different things. On the one hand, it should be profesh. It, it really does depend on your industry. If you say like my next move will be consulting financial services companies, then it might, I might give you different advice than I would somebody who's wants to do their yoga trips. But, you know, it, I think I, I also work with, with a lot of people and especially ambitious corporate women, they, they all tend to be perfectionists. And so they will let little things stop them from getting started, like overthinking or feeling like it's not good enough. And that I think, you know, just throw something up and get going if that's what it takes. And the good thing at the beginning is nobody knows, nobody sees, it's not, I had to tell people, we're going to launch your website and you're going to look at your analytics and like two people have come to your website. So just relax. And, and those, there are both, those are both you, one from yeah. another computer checking how yeah. it looks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, <laughs> it's also key, it's, it's not, it's not real traffic, but I, to your point, I think there's two things though, right? So for me, there was the, when I first, first, and this is before I had my consultancy, there were so many different pivots of what I wanted to do. Um, but all I did know is that I knew who Leanne Meyer was. Mm -hmm. But you'll be sure that the copy on my website was changing weekly. Yeah. The, the, you know, then I'd find another theme forest things because at the time I was on WordPress. Then I was uploading this and I would spend hours just changing this website, doing the pop-ups, whatever. Yeah. But it was also because I enjoyed it, right? But the thing is, is that my very, very, very first ever, 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 ever WordPress site, I'm sure it's somewhere, is, was called The Invisible Woman because I started a blog when I was pregnant. And the point is, is that like where I am today with having business website, personal website has been a journey. I didn't just... I didn't just land here and go, oh, this is already massively finished. It was a journey. And the journey happened, as you said, with nobody seeing it. There were very mm -hmm. few people who, who saw it, but it was all necessary. And like you said, you know, the Favicon thing has always always annoyed me because I always liked seeing the stuff, but that's just, a, that's, that's like a personal thing. That's not an everybody thing. Um, but it's like, just get something up and you can always tweak it. You can change it there, edit it there. And as you said, no one's going to see it, but just to have something, something that is representative of you at that moment in time, it will always change. My website changes all the time, not least just because I'm always uploading podcasts, but it changes anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, yeah. I don't like that sentence. Let me just change that. I'm going to yeah. change the font. I want it to say something different. You're always, you're always growing, changing, refining. It's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that while you're going through that process, if anybody does see it, that it won't resonate with them. And, uh, you know, you think 
we all sometimes think we don't have anything of value to say. But at the same time, once you've said it, so many people go, oh my gosh, yeah, I agree. And you go, oh, <laughs> it wasn't just me then. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I mean, if you want to even strip it down another level, what you're talking about your all your different websites, at the very least, like by your name, mm-hmm. your name, even less, like no mailing list sign up, just buy your name, put a picture, write a paragraph, and then have like icons to all your profiles so that you own that. And plus the, another little thing in terms of SEO and like what comes up when you search your name, even if one of the factors that Google uses to rank is domain age. So if your website's new, Google doesn't rank it. But even if it's been sitting there for a couple of years with nothing but your picture and a couple of um, LinkedIn icons, that helps. That helps. That's a really, really, really good tip. So if there is, I know because time's flown by, if there is any, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the golden nugget of today. <laughs> By your name. Yeah, because I did that. I bought, I bought my name. Some people say even by your kids' names. Yeah. Um, you know, by your domain name. Yeah. That was like as soon as as soon as I read that, someone's like, I've done that. But and then they say just for consistency purposes, even if you never use it, make sure you have all your handles. Yeah. So handles, you know, yeah. go get your Insta handle, YouTube handle, because now they have handles on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok all your handles mm-hmm. so that you can just be the same like it's, yeah. it's same same everywhere um what's her name there was this woman on on linkedin and her name was maida something and underneath she put maida forceby review and that was absolutely amazing and that was also her handle and i was like yeah. oh, why is my name not yeah. that cool but you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's those. If your name has something catchy, if there's something you always say, you know, create your handles that it always tracks back to you. Because as you said, once the spiders start crawling, mm-hmm. even if there's nothing there, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. It's buying your little piece of real estate, even if it's just a parking lot to start with. Maybe <laughs> one day it'll be your skyscraper. I like it. I like. Your one spot of real estate. So I think that is exactly what our title is going to be called. How to find your one spot of digital real estate. Because it's really, it's really important. And it's not, it's it's above and beyond, you know, your brand comes later, as in like your personal brand. But this is just to your point, and I love always talking about like career insurance. This is your career insurance. This is something that says you're an individual. This is something that you can, you've given what I'm going to call a low input, high impact option. Yeah. That is inoffensive to anybody. There's no organization that can be annoyed for you having, to to use your words, a digital hub that sends you to your profiles, even if it's just to your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. 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 That's a genius idea. That is like literally digital, <laughs> digital real estate tip 101. Like if nothing else, do this one thing. Yeah. I think that should be like a hook for one of your videos. Like if nothing else, women in corporate 
do this. I think that should be a video for you. All right. Thanks. I will, I will take it and run with it. Please. No, like I think literally when I think about like our whole conversation has been awesome, but when I think about that, just from a being in a business that tied me up left, right and center, that made it impossible for you to move, to do anything. But you think about your profile, just like it would be nice to, this is just the one way as you said, even if it's nothing else but these links and a power graph, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one tip could literally just save so many women and empower so many women just to think for two seconds as to the how can I still be in this situation but still think about me? Yeah. Totally. Like, I think that's a great tip. I mean, I picked this. I mean, my, I'm just at eleanormeyerhofer.com. And I picked that because, you know, I, this is what I know how to do when I started, but I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years. And I didn't want to have like, I had another business that was like EM papers. And I, I, I didn't want to have like a million emails and domains, but I was like, there's no way I can talk about what I'm doing now in that name. It's paper. It's not. <laughs> so I was just, I'm just gonna pick my name and then whatever I do will live here. But that is an interesting thing doing web designs because at some point, you know, I have to link up their domains and you'll go into people. And I work with a lot of entre- entrepreneurial people and they got like 25 domains. <laughs> They're like, oh, that was a business idea. And that's like, oh, that's another one I'm gonna start later, which is great. You should always, you know, if you have an idea, grab it. But it's it's you see the whole evolution of what a person's doing by like all the domains they have in GoDaddy or where whatever. I I I think now it's reduced. So like the do- only domains that I have now are the domains in the public sphere. Leannemeyer.com, benefactumconsulting.com, the sororum.org, and blackwomenparlay.com. Like those are the only ones I have now but there was a time (laughs) where I had like 12 different domains because you're buying the com the .co.uk oh gosh like yep I know that life and then you're just waiting for them to expire because you're like no I'm not gonna do that anymore no 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 no. or or you buy the domains that you're saving for later now those ones are the like I still okay no I'm like I still have two domains that I'm saving for later (laughs) also good so where can everyone find you 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 already did your mic drop so like there's nothing there's nothing further to add Jana. <laughs> yeah uh my website eleanormeyerhofer.com uh and that's like we just said every profile you can find me i'm on linkedin a lot and i am also on instagram at eleanor meyerhofer and that's um e-l-e-a-n-o-r M-A-Y-R-H-O-F-E-R. She wasn't sure about that, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. Like literally this nugget, your nugget has been golden real golden nugget for the for our listeners today and um i'm just gonna say everyone knows where to find me leanne at leanne mm on instagram i did not have the good fortune because i use my married name and apparently someone else has my name so if you see another leanne meyer on instagram pain in the backside 
Um, that's not me. Um, and on Twitter, I am Leanne Meyer and then the same on Instagram. So thank you as always for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye-bye.